You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Okay, well, uh, good afternoon. Coming to you live from Podcast Detroit's Northville studio. Welcome to Behind the Bar, produced by Zim's Vodka and Podcast Detroit. So today's Monday, February 24th, and I'm one of your hosts, Bruce Carroll, along with Terry Olson. Hi, Terry. And our guest today is Antonio Gianola. Ciao. How are you? And uh, Fantastic. Um, <clears throat> we are the exclusive sponsor of Behind the Bar podcast, and Zim's Vodka, for those of us who don't know us, is an ultra-premium potato vodka produced in Poland, imported into the United States, which is also gluten-free, GMO-free, kosher, organic, and have won numerous international and domestic awards. Now, today is episode one of Behind the Bar with Zim's Vodka, and our guest is Antonio um, Cafe Cortina. Voted the most romantic restaurant in southeastern Michigan. And by the way, it's located in Farmington Hills off 10 Mile between Middle Belt and Orchard Lake Road. So um, we're very excited to have you as a guest here today. So before we get into it today, we believe we're making history, Antonio, and we're so glad you're here. So to add to the great stories of what has occurred in the past and today's date, we're sharing with our listening audience something we call on this day in history, indicating special moments in the, in the past um, that have occurred on today's date. So, for example, today, back in 1868, I bet you guys didn't know that President Andrew Johnson was impeached. Wow. There you, and all this talk about impeachment, isn't it funny? On this day in history, in 1868, Andrew Johnson was impeached. So, in 1886... Um, inventor Thomas Edison, who was at 38 years of age at the time, married his second wife, Mina Miller, who was 20 in Akron, Ohio. There you go. Bet you didn't know that. Didn't know that. No, me neither. <laughs> in 1952, and this is in deference to Terry, because Terry, you know, he's an American citizen, but he was Canadian by birth. In 1952, Terry. Canada won their sixth Olympic gold medal courtesy of a final round 3-3 tie with the U.S. at the Oslo Winter Games. The only gold medals Canada wins is in hockey. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) That's pretty cool. Um, So uh, in 1955, the 12th annual Golden Globe Awards were held, and Marlon Brando won for Best Actor in a great movie called On the Waterfront. Have you seen that? I remember about the movie, but I never saw I've it, never actually. Seen it, so, no. it's, it's one of my favorite movies. It's a great movie. You should check it out. Awesome movie. Um, in 1965, the Beatles began filming their first movie, Help, in the Bahamas. Well, I haven't seen that either. <laughs> <laughs> and then in 1980, the U.S. Olympic, getting back to hockey, Terry. Here we go. In 1980, the U.S. Olympic hockey team defeated Finland 4-2. to two, to win gold after defeating the Soviet Union 4 to 3 just 2 days earlier before I mean arguably the greatest upset in sports history right without a doubt um, whether you were a hockey fan or not yeah it just turned the country around absolutely absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. and then on this day in 1998 Elton John was na- uh, knighted by Queen Elizabeth II so um on this day in history it's something we do we think it's kind of fun and interesting but uh it um, is, it is. So, good afternoon, Antonio. We're very excited to have you here on Behind the Bar, so let's get started and make history ourselves. So tell sure. us, where are you from originally? So I was born in New York, okay. and I grew up in Sicily. When I was about uh, four years old, uh, my, dad, my dad decided to move back in Italy. So, and I grew up in Palermo, Sicily. Okay. Then I finished my culinary school uh, in Palermo, and I, and I um, went to Como Lake and Garda Lake and worked there for about about 10 years Okay. until when I moved back to this country, to the U.S. Yeah. So you're Sicilian. So did you have a part in The Godfather? Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Maybe uh, one of them one day. One day. Arguably, <laughs> you know, that's, a, that's another great movie, right? Yes. 
That's one um, of my top three movie actually. Me too. <laughs> it's funny you should bring that up because I tell people like at parties if you were stuck on an island and you could only watch three movies, yes. which ones would you watch? And Godfather always seems to come up. Yeah, Godfather comes up all the time. Absolutely. So, um, when you were younger in Sicily, I mean in New York, um, did you play any sports, perform any musical instruments, act in school, or have any creative yes. sides? So you yes. Tell us about yes, that. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so I play soccer until okay. until I left uh, Sicily uh, during school, and then also I played the uh, bass tuba uh, on a band that uh, used to a church band. So every. Uh, no, the bass tuba. Oh, 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 the tuba. What tuba. am I thinking of? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So it was a pretty heavy instrument. So they make me carry, and I was the head leader of the band, and uh, it was an amazing experience. Actually, that told me a lot, and uh, and uh, goes back to my culture when I started. You know, it's big discipline thing, like soccer. How old were uh, you food. when you started playing the bass tuba? Uh, fifteen. Wow. I was 15, all the way to 20, yep. You know, part of the purpose of this podcast, as Terry knows, is we want to find out about the clients of ours that stock and serve Zim's Vodka. And everyone has a story, and there's so many things that people just don't know, right? Yeah, about absolutely. anybody. So this is yeah. so cool. It um, is. So what would be one of the most interesting things no one really knows about you? So probably uh, that I can cook, even if I'm at the front of the house of the restaurant. Uh, not as a good like Chef Ernesto, uh, yeah. Cafe Cortina, but uh, I can come up with a nice six-course meal with a few items left in the fridge from the day before very easily. I'm okay. very creative and I love food. Yeah, gosh. I And, well, of course, <laughs> we'll get into this later, but I love your <laughs> restaurant. And Terry knows. I, thank you. Thank I remember you. my wife and I took Terry and his wife Kathy there many, many years ago. And it's just such an impressionable experience. But um, let me ask you this. Who was or is the biggest influence in your life? So when I was about uh, uh, 12 and a half, my dad passed away very young, a uh, very sad point of my life. Uh, and I was young, so I – and my brother-in-law, Matthew Canfarota, he was my uh, – still is, uh, like, like the father figure, even if he's only f- – seven, eight years older than me. Yeah. He was a father figure until today. He still lives in Palermo, but we talk almost every day. And then when there is a decision to be made, I always consult with him and see what he thinks. And he now he does actually the same because I've traveled the world and he's, he's there in Palermo still working and providing for the kids and the family. So we now we are like brothers, basically. Yeah. Just a different last name, but we are like brothers. Really? Now, yes. are you able to FaceTime him or do you use yes. Skype? And- yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we do Skype, FaceTime, so probably we'll listen to this as soon as uh, this gets done. That is so cool. Yes. I love that. Absolutely. So if you could have lunch with three people, dead or alive, who would they be Who or who would it be with and and what would you ask them? So first of all, um, that would be my dad because obviously I was very young. That would be the first person we have lunch with and we'll ask him – the reason why we left the States when I was little, okay? Right. That would be a game changer for everybody, you know, growing up in this country. A little different, uh, the childhood that I had, especially after he passed away. Right. You know? Uh, so, and uh, the second person will be uh, Robin Williams. Uh, really? He was a great actor, and, uh, and I heard several stories that was a uh, greatest person ever. Yeah. Uh, very big heart person, and unfortunately we lost the... Uh, uh, too early, and uh, the f- the question that we'll ask him is: uh, I was a big fan of his movie Jumaji, and I want to ask mm-hmm. him uh, why you didn't come up with the second one when you were still around, because the other ones they came out now they're a little different than what it was the purpose of at yeah. that time. It was amazing. Yeah. So, and the other person uh, uh, will be uh, John Travolta, and I will ask him. Uh, when you're coming back to Cafe Cortina for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> He's been, wait a yeah, minute. John, John Travolta. John Travolta. Cafe Cortina. Yeah, we have okay. a couple of pictures on the Wall of Fame. I was not employed there yet. Okay. Uh, I came the year after as a server at Cafe Cortina. I think it was in 2003 or 2004 uh, for uh, um, for the Super Bowl. When it was the Super Bowl in Detroit. Yeah. He came. I and uh, and then after the Super Bowl was done, uh, the restaurant stayed open. At, like he came to dinner around midnight or something. Yeah. Really? So it was uh, amazing. Yeah. So, so the favorite movie, then, I, I have to jump in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your yeah. favorite John Travolta movie. 
Because I have mine. Well, it's Greece. Okay. Because the Europe was a big thing when Greece came out. Okay. Okay. You know? big. Now, my all-time favorite. John I Travolta love, movie? I just love John Travolta. Yeah. He's the best. <laughs> Greece is right up there. Yeah. But I loved him in Pulp Fiction. Oh, yeah. Pulp Fiction I also. thought he just played that role. I mean, it was spectacular. Oh, he's you know? one of those uh, multitask. He can do anything. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so it's okay, since we're talking about John Travolta, <laughs> do you know what... I don't. It's not a secret skill. Do you know what cool skill he has? That ver- yeah, he's a pilot. He's yeah. a pilot. He can yeah. since he, he was little, and yes. he parks his airplane in, in the backyard. Yes, in the backyard. Oh, here I thought it was a hey. one up, you guys. I think it's a seven forty seven. Yeah. I mean, it's a big one. Oh yeah, yeah. this he, is not a puddle jumper. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Oh okay. gosh, I thought yeah. I was going to put one over the top on you guys. We, but we got no, we, we got you. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that, you can pull us a one in Marlon Brando, but not in Jonathan. That's Walter. right. Yeah, I got you with the Marlon Brando. That's yeah. so funny. So, um, do you have a favorite guilty pleasure? Well, my guilty pleasure obviously is pasta, but I can go without pasta two three days. But now for a sweet, sweet tooth is my guilty, my guilty pleasure. Absolutely. Okay. Do, you, do you you have a guilty? I, as long as I've known you, do you have a guilty pleasure? Pretty that, much all of the above. You know, I'm, I'm a sweets <laughs> guy. Um, I, I love pasta. That used to be our pregame meal. You know, playing hockey for all these years, that was the uh, yeah. meal of choice, and it kind of kept you energized Amazing. and you know all that stuff. Back in the days when we were working out. Now it's yeah. hard to have pasta three or four times a week. No, it me, is. It is. You know. But uh, I grew up uh, with pasta every day. For lunch, yeah. we eat pasta in, right. in my country. I know? I know I'm kind of uh, probably getting ahead of myself, but let's talk about it. Because tell me about the pasta available at Cafe Cortina. Don't you guys bring it in, the flour from Italy? Yes, it's Caputo flowers, and now it's uh, easy to find a little bit everywhere. But definitely, and Chef Ernesto... Uh, we have about nine pastas on the menu, and uh, seven of them there are made. We make it there. Okay. Uh, so, and we still have an end, end machine to make the pasta. We don't have nothing electric or anything like that. Still, you know, we still cut the pappardella with a knife and make pappardella. Uh, yeah. You know, stuff like that. Uh, which is the ribbons, so the farro pasta. Oh yeah, I and, love all the. In fact, that yes. we could have a whole podcast on the different. Um, types of pasta. There's there's tagliatelle, tagliatelle, pappardelle, uh, martagliate. I yes. love I love them all. <laughs> yeah, I they're love them all. amazing. Yes, it's very cool. So cool. one of the most uh, famous one it's uh, the one with the battuto toscano, which is a uh, Toscana style meat sauce. Bruce, when I was in Italy, I, we were traveling, Kathy and I, after seeing my daughter over in Zermatt. She was going to school there, and we traveled down to Lake Como and some places. We spent probably four days in Italy, and we ate like kings and queens. And I can tell you that I did have pasta every day, sometimes twice. Yeah. Lunch and 10 o'clock yes. at night, which is a big no-no. But when I got home, the first thing I did was went to the scale. And I went, I didn't gain any weight. No. And and I tell you, Different. much like, yeah, we've talked about, you know, the GMO-free and you know, the freshness, the food was so good, and it wasn't like I ate any less, right? We had a lot of wine as well, yeah. and it was very good. Right. But I was amazed at how we felt eating that food, and, and I think that's probably what comes out of Cafe Cortina. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, we want people to to be comfortable when they finish their dinner and not be, oh, my God, this was too much, you know? Right. So Interesting. So as long as you've been in the hospitality industry – I'm just curious what one of the most bizarre things you've ever seen uh, happen because I'm sure everybody's a, got a story on on the rest in the restaurant yeah. or it, well or out. Let's let's well, do let's, both. Let's hear okay. both. <laughs> let's do so in the restaurant it was when I moved back in the country. I barely speaking speak English. That's why my heavy accent. Sometimes I go to the airport. People say you American citizen. They don't believe me because because of my accent. But uh, the first thing that I see that uh, it would have made, uh, especially my grandfather, that is a cook at home, uh, it would have made it mad that people put cheese on seafood pasta. They shave cheese. And somebody does also shrimp parmigiana, which is a no-no cheese on really? any seafood. Okay. I did. did there's something, did again, that, I did yeah. not know. So that was the most bizarre things that I saw when I moved in the States. For me, it was... Uh, Wow, I, I never thought that somebody would do that. Well, we put <laughs> cheese on everything. We put them on Big Macs. We put them on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we over cheese everything too much. But you no, just no. got me thinking about something I heard last week. You know, there's this new movie by M- Martin Scorsese. Yeah. 
called the Irishmen. And yeah, they yes. were uh, – now, correct Robert me. Robert De Niro, yeah. Yeah. They uh, – Italians, I'm told, call it – they don't call it spaghetti sauce like us Americans. They call it gravy. Is that right? No, we call it pomodoro sauce. Pomodoro. Salsa or di ma- pomodoro. But, uh, but we call it salsa. So salsa basically means uh, sauce and it doesn't mean gravy. So I don't know. If people call it, we don't call it gravy. I, I heard somebody, I could have, you know, like, yeah. well, they call it a gravy, and people were calling into this talk show because I'm in and out of the car. Maybe you know. in, in Ireland. It was just like yeah, they, they thought they that. found Jimmy Hoffa, right? <laughs> Come on. Gravy Jimmy Hoffa. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Now, um, outside of the restaurant, what's the most bizarre? So I, I go to New York a lot, and because uh, obviously it was my place of birth, and uh, so I was there for four days, and I uh, I rent an Airbnb uh, out of the city in Queens, actually. And yeah. uh, I'm waiting for a spot to open because the left side of the street, I cannot park in the morning at 7. They're going to clean, so you cannot park on that side. So I'm waiting, and there is a guy by the car tried to – I thought he lost his key and tried to open the car. So he goes in the car, and the car starts going off. After, like, two minutes, the car goes, stop screaming, and he puts the car on and leaves. I said, oh, great, I have a parking spot. So by the time I turn around the car and go in the parking spot, I see there's another guy doing the same thing in a different car. I say, maybe I should not park here. <laughs> so they were still in cars. They, so were, they were boring them. Yeah. yeah. They just weren't and coming the back. the area was a very wealthy area. There was a club around the corner. Yeah. So what I did, I <laughs> went in a, in a street with a lot of lights, in a main street, and I parked there. In the morning, I get wake up at eight in the morning by the owner of the house where I got the room. Maybe says, "Senor Genola, Senor Genola, Mr. General, I'm sorry to bother you, but uh, uh, we want to know where you park your car." And I say, "Yeah, I parked uh, on uh, I think it was Woodside Boulevard, uh, and you know." And they say, "Oh, okay, because they saw like four or five cars last night from no here, from, from the house." Trish. And I said, uh, "I say, oh, really? Okay, I gotta go back to sleep." <laughs> because uh, those guys saw me standing there with my lasso, yeah. I didn't. I, I don't know if I would have called the police or. Oh my know, God. People <laughs> only say it happens in Detroit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, right, no, exactly. It happens all over the world. Right. <laughs> oh my goodness, that is so unbelievable. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, the. In, is it Tonon family? Tonon family. Yeah, Tonon yes. family who started Cafe Cortina yes. in 1976. Again, 1976, I've been a. Yes. I've been a big fan myself personally. But uh, tell us about Kathy Cortina, um, you know, how it started, how uh, Rena and her son Adrian, who eventually took over, and now yes. you're involved. And yes. tell us the story of, of Cafe Cortina. So uh, the Cafe Cortina property was uh, what is that now. It was an apple orchard. So Rena and Adriano, Adrian's dad, uh, bought the property, and they wanted to build a restaurant there. Uh, going a little back, Rena met Adriano uh, Rina is uh, originally from L'Isola di Ponza, which is an island of, of uh, uh, Na- Naples. Really? And, uh, and Adriano that passed away, uh, her, ex- her husband, he was uh, uh, from near Cortina d'Ampezzo, which is uh, a location where you go ski. Okay. That's why the restaurant took the, the, the name Cortina, Cafe Cortina. Okay. So, and uh, he, he was a baker on, uh, on, <laughs> on Rina's parents' uh, uh uh, restaurant downtown, Renas of Detroit. Okay. So he went there to work, and uh, they got together, and they they bought this property, and they built Cafe Cortina in nineteen. Uh, they started thinking nineteen seventy five because they opened in seventy six. Uh, the Apple Orchard was uh, not in good shape, so they they did a restaurant on there, um, and then uh, from there, uh, uh, you know, there was they were always uh, one of the best restaurants at that time. I was not in the states yet. Actually, I was not born yet in seventy six, but. Uh, uh, then uh, Adriano Sr. passed away. Uh, Adrian came on board, came out of, uh, of school, and uh, he went to Italy for two years to learn uh, you know, uh, the cooking side of the business okay. because he already had the hospitality and everything sure. from school. And uh, when he came back, uh, he, he brought the, the, the restaurants to the next level, you know, where it already was. And, right. uh, and then when uh, <clears throat> during uh, around 2000, uh, when they celebrated the 38th, uh, anniversary. Um, I met Adrian in Detroit when he was he was there for the James Beard Award. They got a James Beard Award, and uh, oh th- wait, really? Won a James Beard Award uh, or nominated? They they were nominated for okay. for the for the for the anniversary because they were in the thirty years in business. Got it, got it. So they went to do the dinner there. So I met him and said, "Oh, next time you're in Detroit, uh, you should come and see Cafe Cortina. It's just like Italy." 
It's okay. So I had a friend that was from Detroit. Actually, was my bartender in Manhattan when I was working there. Okay. And I said, you should come and see Michigan. It looks just like Sicily when, when you come in, in the summer. It's okay. So I came. I went to Cafe Cortina. I met agent. I liked it. And I said, if one day I got to get out of the, of the city of, of New York, uh, I will come to Cafe Cortina. And right. that's what I did. We decided to move uh, to, to Detroit and uh, start working at Cafe Cortina as a server. And uh, and since then uh, I I'm stuck with been stuck with them. <laughs> and how long have you been? I mean, so when was when so was that, the first time when you I be- moved? It was 2005. I was a server for a couple of years. Okay. And uh, then I left and I came back as a dining room director uh, okay. there. Yes. That's so interesting. Now, didn't Cafe Cortina win Restaurant of the Year? Yes, Restaurant of the Year in 2004, I believe. Okay. Yes, our magazine. Correct. That's a, a heck of a an achievement. Yes, absolutely, it is. Yes. And then, of course, voted, and maybe you can expand on this for us. Voted the most romantic yes. restaurant in southeastern Michigan. Yeah, yeah. We get uh, from our magazine. We always get most romantic uh, in Michigan, and then there is a couple of uh, um, a couple of websites or Facebook things that they they nominate one restaurant in each state, and we are the most romantic of. Uh, from Michigan every year. Yeah. Well, so, good, good enough for John Travolta, good enough for me. <laughs> yeah, I know, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> Which, by the way, that's a great segue to what other celebrities, either local or greater, if you will, have dined at Cafe Cortina. Well, th- there is a lot of celebrities that come, they, they come through, and uh, we always uh, try to keep a uh, uh, very uh, low key, very low key, right and uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, sometime uh, actually there was uh, a gentleman uh, that came for dinner, and uh, and he was uh, from the Walking Dead. Um, uh, obviously, we I don't want to say who they sure. are because yeah. sometimes they can say, "Oh, I'm not going back there." This guy is, right. you know. So anyway, so uh, at the end, of the, it, we told him that the chef is a big fan of him. I said, "So he doesn't want to take a picture with me." So because we don't ask uh, them to autograph a picture, so they are same thing with John Travolta. When he finished, they, he said, "So guys, nobody wants to take a picture with me. What's going on?" <laughs> so and then uh, we asked them, "What so, am I chopped liver yeah, here?" Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and uh, uh, yeah, we have a, a lot of coming around uh, and. Uh, uh, one of the the one that's actually a frequent, I think it'd be fine uh, uh, if you say it's a Royce Five Nine. It's one of our celebrities that we see okay. often. Interesting. So. Very interesting. Now, one of the things that I've always noticed and uh, I've always yearned for it is a bar at Cafe Cortina. You don't have a bar. Why is yes. that? Uh, so... Uh, the real story, I'm not sure. So, for probably the the way that the that the the architect designed the thing, there was the restaurant. There was not much space uh, to put a bar, a sitting bar. We do have a bar. Right. Uh, we have a lot of product. Uh, obviously, Zim's is my only uh, Peter Vodka on the shelf, but uh, uh, there is no space to put a seat there. So sometimes people at the door say, "Oh, can we go sit at the bar and have a drink?" So I'm sorry, we don't have a bar. But they welcome to walk up at the bar and get a drink. But, yeah, there was no many, many space. Um, so there was a small room called the Fireside that was supposed to be our bar. But then uh, the pharmaceuticals start requiring a private room with four walls. And we needed a small space for a small group because we had a bigger room that holds about 70 people. Then we have a small room that up to, uh, fits up to 25 people. So we needed a room to be... Uh, mm. to cater to the pharmaceutical company or the, a party that needs uh, some privacy right. when they do a presentation or a business meeting. So that's why the Fireside Room uh, became the Fireside Room. You know, it's interesting. Yeah, no, it, it's great. Well, I will tell you that in the past, and, and, and you may not remember, Terry, when Joan and I dined there with you and Kathy, but I recall occasions where uh, Adrian was – for all intents and purposes, right, the Mater D or playing the yes, Mater D. Yes, absolutely. And he would bring us a glass of wine while we're waiting. Yes. Yeah. And what a a benevolent, hospitable gesture. Yes. Um, do you still do that? Yeah, absolutely. So for Valentine's Day, obviously, uh, we had uh, a lot of reservation, like every restaurant. And uh, like I said, there is no bar you can sit or you can get a drink, especially when it's so busy. Then uh, we have a we have a couple of bottles of prosecco and uh, and a strawberry moscato for the ladies yeah. at the door, and we, we'll do that. And if somebody was waiting more than fifty minutes, we'll have a, an appetizer also served outside there. 
Well, you know, you touched, yeah, you touched on something I think it's important that our listeners should know. And I'm saying this because my wife happens to be, as Terry knows, in the pharmaceutical business. She works for the largest biopharmaceutical company in the world, oh, Amgen. Wow. And she is always doing events at nice restaurants. And frankly, I'll bet a lot of people out there didn't know that you have that fireside room. Yes. And that's something that we need to let the listeners know because I can tell you from my wife's experience, she's always looking for a quality restaurant that has a separate room where they may be able to put up a PowerPoint. So I'm assuming sure. you you have you can do that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We have all that. This is this is a great thing. I didn't know that. Yeah, it is. And uh, a lot of people don't know also because now there is a, a, a third party company that books pharmaceutical and then uh, the you know, like somebody like your wife will show up at the event and that's it. They don't have to worry about anything, do contract and, you know, payments and stuff like that. So that's why probably, you know, the third party contract, sometimes company are the New Jersey number, New York number. Uh, I don't know. They have out-of-state companies. They don't even know Michigan. So, and that's how the pharmaceutical now work. They they hire us through a third party company. You know what? I know that because my wife tells me, I've said, well, where are you going? And, for example, she just last week had one at the Capitol Grill in Troy. And um, I'm going to let her know, and she needs to let her colleagues know, and we sure. need to let the whole world know that Cafe Cortina is available for these types of events. Um, because they can always recommend to that third party. I know what you're talking about because I ask Joan about it all the time. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, especially a steakhouse for pharmaceutical is very risky because we have a in Michigan, especially we have a lot of Indian doctors. They are totally vegetarian. Some of them are vegan, and we have an extensive uh, menu for that. Uh, Chef Ernesto will make a, a dish out of uh, out of vegetable from the garden for anybody that's vegetarian, and there is no animal or there is no nothing touching that dish. So. It's very interesting. So that's why we have a lot of doctors that they sometimes they, they push the pharmaceutical to go there for the presentation, for the specific presentation. That's a, a great yeah. point. And you um, also mentioned something I know it's very uh, unique to Kathy Cortina, and that is your garden. Can you tell yes. us about that? So the garden started uh, in 1976 when, uh, when uh, Adriano Sr., that unfortunately I didn't get to meet him, but I hear a lot of good stories about him, obviously, being a in there, uh, he he said, uh, you know, I gotta have a, a baker oven in the kitchen for bake my bread, okay, and I have to have a garden. So that was the agreement when they they decided let's open this. And so they had a garden there since then. Now, Chef Ernesto, with the help of a couple of uh, young gentlemen, uh, sometime they they come out of, out of the out of the school and help him with the garden. Because not everybody does something like that. It's, so he does everything from A to Z. I, I, where is it? Because I'm trying to think geographically on the property. So, where is it? Uh, you know where the kitchen is? Yes. So where is the kitchen? Uh, behind the kitchen, basically. Okay. It's almost the next door from uh, from from the place next door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, on the, that would be the western side of the building. This is, uh, so it will be in the south side of the building. Oh, okay. So, so we are yeah. around the parking lot. Okay, yeah, because uh, I know where the parking. Yes. Okay, okay. I always wondered where it was. I'm like, where's this secret garden? Yeah. So if you go around the building, you see some angels sitting there. There's some angels looking over the garden, and mm. uh, that's uh, that's, that's the garden. Cool. Right now, obviously, it looks. But yeah, see. yeah. Well, it's look. Yeah. You know what? Spring is what less than four weeks away. Yeah. I think a chef is starting soon to yeah. to do this. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. So um, I would su- I would suspect you have a sommelier, but well, I'm not sure. We don't have a sommelier on uh, on on uh, at the restaurant. I'm the let's say the expert of the wines, not because I'm a sommelier, just because I like wines and drink wines. Uh, and uh, yeah, we have about 350 wines on the wine list, uh, plus uh, about uh, 70, 80 of reserve wines, uh, like special. Mm. Um, special wines uh, and uh, this year actually I achieved something very unique where uh, Chapelet grows uh, uh, Chapelet uh, it's a grower in Napa Valley okay. it's got a, it's got some vineyards in Pitcher Hills in Napa Valley mm-hmm. and he sent me a letter that I, I was allocated for some of his wine really? and some restaurant in Michigan I didn't get I was one of them that I got and it was my name a letterhead that was a big achievement because uh, they don't look how much you buy they just look uh, 
your wine list, the type of restaurant you are, and uh, and what is the, the the stuff that you have on your menu, and then say this guy fits for to have my wine there. So it, it's, uh, isn't really that interesting? Uh, re- reputation, yeah, yeah. oh, right? absolutely, uh, yeah. experience, and, and obviously longevity. Look, uh, you, I was yeah. just thinking the and, same and, and word. And then traditional, right? Yeah. Everything that no, and uh, culture. And you know, culture. keeping the culture because right. the wine is part of the culture. Yeah. I think wine could be. If you go in Europe, one could be part of the culture of any country in Europe. Maybe not in Russia and Poland, but but this question about the sommelier, I get it every day. I say, are you the sommelier? I say, I'm not the sommelier, but I'm drinking all the wines on the wine. Yeah, they don't believe it. Say, you drink all the wines on the wine list. That's why they're on the wine list. I try them all. Right. If I'm not comfortable with it, uh, not because they're not good. They just if I don't like them hundred mm-hmm. percent, I. I think that uh, my palate is pretty much universal where if I don't like them that much, maybe some people will not be okay drinking it. So yeah. that's why uh, I I put it on the menu if I like them. That's all. <laughs> I think that's great. Well, look, you, as far as I'm concerned, you don't need a piece of paper that says you're a sommelier. <laughs> I think uh, if you've tasted all the wines on the wine list, that's good enough for me. Yeah. Very so, good. That's very yeah. interesting. Well, you know, I happen to like wine as well, um, and uh, I love – Amarones. Amarone, yeah. That's yeah. one of my favorite Italian wines. Yeah. I'm a big Napa fan. Uh, uh, we consider that New World wines. Uh, because I grew up with Italian wines and stuff, and uh, my palate was never, especially French wines, I could never get used to uh, of, of those uh, uh, those flavors. So maybe now my palate is getting older, maybe we'll get used to But Amarone, out of Italy, obviously, it's one of my favorite. And then I'm a big fan of Napa. I have a lot of Napa wines. And you know how Marone is made, right? I do. I do. They have the lattice. They put it on top of the lattice and let the sun really in. It, it, it yeah. bakes it, so to speak, and a it intensifies bit, yeah. the when it, yeah. the grape. Right. They're three different grapes, so it's like a, a, a super Veneto, uh, which is the region where Marone grows. And uh, yeah, they dry. They kind of dry the grapes. So they put it inside uh, overnight. Obviously, so don't leave it. And then, uh, yeah, they get the juice and they make the Amarone for the first squeeze. And when they do the second squeeze, they make ripasso, which means repressed. Ah. So they don't throw it away. And then whatever's left, they make grappa probably. You know? ah. <laughs> <laughs> I've had the grappa in Vegas. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think they're using your grape leaves. That stuff's tough out there. Uh, I, yeah, so so I let, let, let me, this is, this is pretty interesting. Yeah. So let me ask you, I love a juicy cap. Yes. Want Tell, me to name a few? I just yeah. you know I want I want a recommendation or two from you on a real juicy cab that you like that so, you that you've had. So one of the uh, the cabs that I introduced in the list in the last few years uh, and a few of them a few months ago, one is uh, the Hollywood twenty four eighty. Those you never heard about it. I, I know no. it's very 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 small. Like I can get about twelve bottles a year. Uh, Olive 2480. One is called Brilliant Mistake. That one of the owners is, uh, uh, of the winery in Napa is, is from Michigan. Okay. And then another one uh, that uh, it's very unique. Uh, it's called Kinsella Estate. There are three guys uh, that they bought this winery in a in a end shake. So let's do wine for okay. really. And they have three different varietal. I mean, not varietal. They have three different cabs. They call three different way. And one of the best that I like it's uh, uh, the Irlom. Because they are just next to our Elon farm. Sure, sure. What do they grow? So Th- when you come at the restaurant, I'll let you is, try this some. This is good to know. And when we bring friends, we always yeah. bring friends when we travel. To and the next day, you want to have Eric. That's a good thing, too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, great. Outstanding. I, I, I love that. Um, so what is the uh, – you have such, as Terry just mentioned, <laughs> a remarkable reputation of outstanding hospitality – and service, um, I mean, it's something that, frankly, is uh, it, it, you just can't, you don't get anymore. You really don't get anymore. So, yes. what's the? Is it part of the culture? Is it part of, um, uh, you know, part of your DNA? What's the first impression you want to give a guest when they walk into Cafe so, Cortina? Uh, the, the number one is the culture. You know, if you follow the culture, like we hire a, a lot of people, and sometimes they. They kind of uh, oh that's that's uh, to do this a little silly or I never heard something like that. It's it's the culture, you know. We follow the culture, uh, and um, and the first impression is uh, the most important thing. When people come in at the door, make them feel like they come in at your house, uh, and make them feel comfortable, and they say, oh, 
did I know this guy from somewhere? And so yeah. when we met last time, so probably you saw me on TV. I joke with him. Yeah, that's a, that's a, the the culture and the customer service is it's what what it brings uh, any business in the next level. I think there's no question about it. And again, it's you know? uh, the service that you you and your team provide is remarkable. It's just it's it's a cut above and. And, and it's frankly how when Terry decided to get in, into the vodka business, he said, look, um, we're going to use the most expensive and best ingredient to make the vodka. And remember, we don't do things right some of the time. We do things right all of the time. And that's what you guys yes, do. Yes, I agree 100%. Uh, every day. Uh, I talk to Chef uh, when we both work. Uh, we work five days a week together. Sometime, uh, like tonight is off, I'm there. We try to always, one of us pre-present at the restaurant with Chef, either me or Chef Ernesto. But the days that we work together, we always talking about food. And sometimes I have some wines to so let them try and stuff like that. But uh, uh, And we talk about the quality and the consistency. Because without quality and consistency, no restaurant has survived over the years. No you know, question I about have it. Been, uh, uh, I worked in Lake Como, Garda Lake, Milano, Como, Bergamo, in Palermo. I worked and I see so many restaurants that they started amazingly and then they fell through because uh, they didn't keep the consistency. They don't have uh, the the person in there that it's 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 convinced hundred percent that we're gonna do it like that. We're gonna do it like that. We're gonna do it right, like you said. Prime ingredient they have to be quality. Right. Uh, you know you can cook a good piece of meat, uh, but if it's not hundred percent quality, sooner or later. You can tell that will. There's no. <laughs> it'll catch up to you. There's yeah. no doubt about it. That's all. So, um, uh, Chef Ernesto, um, how long has he been there? Because so Ernesto, Chef Ernesto, been there. So you probably know Chef Afa. Yes, he's, he's our launch chef now. Uh, he he kind of not retired, but uh, at night he's not there because Chef Ernesto is there. Okay, so uh, Chef Ava does the lunches, and uh, Chef Ernesto oversees the whole kitchen, lunch and dinner, obviously, but he's mostly there at dinner time. So Chef Ernesto uh, ke- came a Cafe Cortina, I think it's going in eight years now. Yeah. yeah. So, and uh, yeah, and he's uh, one of the it, great, greatest chefs that I ever worked. I never tell him that all the time, obviously. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, because uh, he uh, he understands the culture. You know, his, his, his parents are from Spain and uh, I think one from Spain, one from Mexico, but he's an American born. Uh, and um, he he understands the culture, and that's most important. And he's got a passion for food more than my grandfather that I used to have. I remember because my grandfather was the cook at home. You know, my grandmother never cooked. Right. She would take care of the kids, the grandkids. Uh, my grandfather would cook. But didn't cook. Wow. No, my ma- my grandmother never. Okay. My my grandfather was was the cook, and uh, and my mom took over from him because she she can cook. Yeah. And uh, Chef Ernesto has got that passion that. Uh, uh, I wish uh, the last ten chef I work with had. Right. Look, you know? um, if you don't have passion for whatever it is you do, I mean, that's the secret ingredient that puts everything yes. over the top. Correct. I mean, it's uh, it, it's it's just it's that simple, right? Yeah. So tell us about some of the um, I don't want to say best selling dishes, but the most requested. Um, Soups or salads or uh, pasta dishes or uh, veal dishes, whatever, desserts too, you know. I mean, tell us about sure. some of those dishes. So, uh, obviously, we have a lot of craving craving items on the menu. Uh, when I say craving, is something like uh, you had it once and you go back just because you remember that dish. Uh-huh. So, we call it craving items like the calamari. They've been on the menu for the longest time. They cooked in a fresh tomato sauce, a little spicy. Uh, and they are the baby calamari. They're very tender. They're not fried or anything. Okay? Right. Uh, so those are one of the craving items. So then uh, we are famous. Uh, a lot of people like love our filet mignon. They come back for the filet. They say, oh, you guys are not a steakhouse, but you, you cook a very good piece of meat. I, I can't recall if I've had a filet because yeah. I guess when I think of Cafe Cortina, I think of Italy pasta. and pasta. Yeah. And no, no, it is. It is a, it's comfort food. Uh, 
in all vinci grassi lasagna which is a vegetarian lasagna it's very simple and tasty and it's vegetarian and slight like you eat a piece of that and you're not going to be like oh I need a nap now right <laughs> you still can go on yes right. So, right exactly yeah then uh, uh, we uh, chef came up with a new veal uh, this year for the winter that was uh, uh, it's a veal scallopini with um, <clears throat> with mushroom and a vermouth sauce Ooh. Not a marsala, not mm-hmm. a wine, vermouth sauce. And it's very unique because it, it makes the, the meat even more tender. And then it gives a sweeter flavor that uh, it's it's just very unique. Yeah. So, and uh, we change we change some items on the menu uh, for every season, each season. Um, so, end of August, beginning of September, we change uh, for the winter. And then around May, May June, we change for the summer. Okay. So we remove all the cream dishes. It's still comfort food, but not so much cream, not so much butter, and stuff like that. Uh, everybody orders an entree or a pasta dish. It gets a salad, and the buttermilk salad is so fresh. Obviously, during the summer, we get it, most of their salads. We source it from, uh, from the garden. But in the winter, we obviously, we have to buy uh, from, from that. And... Uh, and everybody comes back just for the side salad they get because it's very tasty. Yeah. The buttermilk dressing. Yeah. 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 It's, it's fresh. M- yes. It's so fresh. fresh I just crispy and tr- fresh, yes. I love that. So um other than getting those great herbs from your garden, so do you deal with c- uh, local suppliers or, you know, a lot of people talk about we get our, our produce from local farmers. Yeah, always. Chef uh, works with local farmers. Uh, he, he went to school, to culinary school here in um, um, uh, in Michigan, and he's got a lot of uh, ex-co-workers that have local farms and stuff like that. He always sources from, from them when our garden cannot keep up with the demands. Right. You know? Right. So... Terry actually brought up, and why don't you ask uh, the question? There's something that's very unique going on in the hospitality industry relative to. Um, well, I'll let you you yeah, ask the question. It, it's a great question. And, and apparently, it, it started in New York, it, New York and California, LA. Yes. You know, long hair is popular in LA, short hair is popular in New York. And then the rest of the country takes after you know, what they think the next trend is. But one of the things we're starting to hear about is a no-tipping, uh, tip-free restaurants. Have oh. you had any experience with that in New York? Or? Uh, in, in New York, not yet, okay. but I heard because I have my best friend owns a restaurant in Manhattan, and uh, they say that they, they're changing that. Uh, after they, they already, starting from, uh, I think, January, they already have the minimum wage went up to $15 in New York. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, but the no-tipping uh, uh, is not on yet. You might find some restaurant that do that, okay. but my best friend still doesn't have that yet. Okay. Well, we we have a very good customer uh, in Birmingham, and he started it probably couple three, couple couple three months, three ago, months ago. And in the experience and what he said it has done for his business, the uh, the teamwork, um, the uh, people showing up to work, uh, retention. All those things, and, and probably you know, being in the business, you know that the hardest part is when you lose whether a chef or a great server or a great bartender. It's very time-consuming to go out and replace that asset, and, and he's Absolutely. really viewing it as early as you know, three months into the program, saying he's really glad he's done it, and he's about the only one I've heard in Michigan so far. And, and you know, time will tell, but I think he may be onto something now. Having been no to his tipping. place, yeah, no tipping. Wow! Um, and so he pays his staff a salary. Um, there have benefits, and I don't care if it's no tipping or not. I go there, I get great service. I still throw a little extra in. Be- sure. Because it was, yeah, it was inter- the unintended consequences yeah. of yeah. this no tipping thing. Right. Look, if if you're and and look, the service is above reproach at Cafe Cortina. Right. Yes. So. Even if, and we're not advocating whether you should or not. We're just, it's a topic to discuss no, because it's it something up. that's yeah. come up. Yeah. And you're right, Terry. Um, he has told us that the unintended consequence is, look, when you're getting quality service, you're going to take care of that person regardless. Yes. Absolutely. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, so well, we we use our culture to follow that culture and customer service. And, uh, and they know that the, 
the people come a cafe cortina the customer they they expect you know a good product from start to finish either service or food so and uh, what i do to to keep them uh, uh, always uh, as a team worker uh, i'm i make them work together uh, you know I right. make them work together and say this is not his table even if it's in a section it's everybody's table right so and that's uh, what a uh, what it is, and uh, we have servers that have been. We have Christina that have been working there for fifteen years now. I she's, know, you know, I her, love right? her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's the best, and she started uh, uh, as a bartender, and she moved on to um, uh, as a server, and she's been a server now almost ten. Uh, so we have people that have been working there for a long time. Uh, Sometimes I start uh, very young kids, like eighteen, nineteen years old. They don't even drink yet, like Aldi. And he he became a bartender. Now he's a server. Yeah, you know, within six months he was there between uh, uh, dishwashing and assisting, and became a bartender as a server. So because uh, you know he grew up in Italy, uh, so he understood the culture right away and stuff like that. But that's you know, and people have been working there for long. We have a lot of servers have been working there for a long time. I don't know if you remember Tim. Of course, I Maria. do. I yeah. do. He was uh, worked there for thirty-two years. And I remember Agatha. Agatha, yes, absolutely. Okay, and she was a server for my wife, and every time we'd come in, yeah, was, she was great. Yeah. She, yeah, actually, she's from Catania, from the other side of uh, Sicily. Where is I that grew a up. fact? Yeah, yeah, she grew up also there. There you go. Well, and that's yeah. actually another great segue into another interesting. Um, I'd almost call it a dilemma in your industry, and that is, it's such a tight labor market. Let's be candid. We love the rebirth that's been going on in the greater sure. Detroit, southeastern Michigan area, and it's wonderful, and these restaurants are popping up all the time. But at the same time, it's such a tight labor market, uh, and and I don't know, maybe if it's because of the great culture you've instilled at Cafe Cortina, but are you experiencing any of those issues? Because we hear from other people, boy, I can't keep anybody, I can't find anybody. You know yes. what I mean? Yes, so we experience that, uh, obviously, but uh, since we have the core team that have been there for a long time, if somebody new comes in, we make them feel at home. And uh, uh, and even if they don't have the experience that's required to work there, we train them and we work with them. Uh, we have the last two hired right now. Uh, one is a server, Miranda, that uh, she worked with a small, uh, small fine dining restaurant, uh, and then she came to us, and she said, oh, this is fine dining. No, this is not fine dining. This is a casual, elegant, uh, you know, you have to be very down to her to the table and, you know, provide the right service uh, that we have written down on, on, the, on, the, on the training. That's all. And the other one is Kelly, which is my event coordinator, and she never worked in restaurants, and she's my top person now that takes care of the weddings and stuff. With Rena, obviously, yeah. the owner. You know, it, it, it's a great point because I remember yeah. back in the day when, you know, I had my, my marketing research business, right. I used to get involved in hiring salespeople um, because they were the ones that drove my business. Yeah. And I remember one of the best hires I ever made was a, a young man who came in, and I always liked people with sports backgrounds. I like competitive. He came in, and he was a guitar player. And he actually brought his guitar in. <laughs> that and that had to be pretty unique. He, he brought it in. And I, I'm thinking this kid's looking for a sales job. But, you know, he's got a guitar. Well, yeah. you know, get up to California, sit on the beach. <laughs> he got out, Absolutely. and he had a, a photo album with him, and, and he talked about the discipline of guitar lessons. And it was no different than time management when you're playing sports and going to school. And he said, you know, it, it helped me raise some money on the weekend so I could raise money to help my family so I could go to school. And he just, he, he sold me. I went, this is unbelievable. That's a great story. And he went on to be, you know, a very Amazing. great producer and, and a great young man. So you're right. Sometimes if you spot the talent and you stick to your training, right, and your culture and your history, and listen, let's be candid. They've been around 44 years. Yeah. They're doing Not something me. right. Yeah. No, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Cafe Cortina. No, no, Bruce and I have been around Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. a couple more. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, that, that is. And music, it is a big deal. That's what I, I started 15 years uh, yeah. old uh, playing music, and that right. was my first discipline thing. Because, like I said, my dad passed away. Yeah. And um, 
nobody disciplined me. I was doing whatever I wanted, and then right. the music was the first thing. And then the other thing that we are very lucky at Cafe Cortina is that most of our servers, they they do that for their career job. Like like in Europe. Europe, you're a server as a career. You're not a server just to make a couple of bucks. It's not cash. a part-time or secondary no, thing. No, no, no. Just like a few people that they go to school, they have part-time. But right. um, they definitely... And most of them, they're full-time employees. Yeah, you know. Right. Well, I'm sure you've got some really great stories as we get ready to wrap this up. Yes. I, I, tell us a, one or two really inspiring stories of, of things that have occurred in the restaurant. I, I would assume that there's been wedding pro- or, you know, uh, proposals. Yes. There's been all kinds of neat. There's got to be some great stories there. Can you share any? So, so the, 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 the thing that I, when I started there uh, being a server, is that uh, we we still a day we have uh, uh, people coming back for a birthday anniversary or even just a regular dinner, and they say uh, we were in the room and we were in a wedding here 20 years ago. They still remember their wedding, that at uh, the wedding that they attended. They don't even got married there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They attend a wedding of a friend or a, or a relative, and they still remember about the place and they go back there almost every year or. Three, four times a that's year. That's pretty neat. So that's uh, so when I when I was serving and uh, they said I saw oh, we do weddings too now. Oh, I didn't know that. So that's how I find out when I was serving there when I started it. So yeah, and this is one of the the top story that uh, always uh, you know actually for Valentine's Day the day after somebody came and said oh we got married here ten years ago <laughs> and we come back here Valentine's Day anniversary birthdays and stuff. Uh, because they live a little far away. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Well, I, I think that there's a perception, and tell me if you think this is accurate. I think that there's a perception from many people. They don't. They, they probably think we'll only go to Cafe Cortina for Valentine's Day or Sweetest Day or our anniversary or my wife's birthday. Yes. When in fact. Um, it's an everyday restaurant. It's, it's a, yeah, and I don't. It again, is. I think that's I eat a there every day. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know why. I wish I did. And he has a few glasses of wine. Exactly. Every Absolutely. Yes. Exactly. You have to. I mean, well, uh, it's it's a remarkable restaurant. Um, the critics you. have said, rest, uh, have have told the Detroit Free Press, our magazine, without question, restaurant of the year, most romantic venue. I would highly recommend anybody that's listening to try it if you haven't already. Um, yes. Um, Thank you for being part of the greater southeastern Michigan community, for bringing um, culture, quality. Um, you are, even though you're not a sommelier, all your knowledge of wine. Um, you know, thanks for being part of uh, of making our area and our community what it is. Um, thank you. Thank, thank you. you so My much pleasure. for joining Absolutely. us on our very first podcast what called Behind the Bar. We well. Start- we started something. We're making history today. We are making. That's why we we always rehearse. You know that we're gonna on this day in history. So on this day, here in 2020, February 24th, Antonio Gianola of Cafe Cortina was our first guest. Thank you so very oh, much. Thank you. Thank you guys. Thank you Grazie. So Grazie. Grazie. Thank you. Grazie. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.